We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D Wade. Now our test is flipped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, March 1st. 2019, Alex Perutha here, and next to me is Shannon McEwen. Ken is not here. He's at the Sloan Conference uh, talking, having a beer with Daryl Morey, um, among other things. Uh, so this podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We would appreciate a nice review. Today we're going to talk, uh, first dive into some news, then get into some dynasty discussion, mostly centered around rookies. Um, and just the typical tomfoolery. So uh, pretty big news for tonight for the Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie is going to make his return against the Hornets, uh, and he's already been cleared to play in back-to-backs, so we don't have to worry about you know trying to figure out what weeks to sit him or you know um, just daily fantasy, all of that. I guess, Shannon, do you think there's any players on the Nets that take a, a huge dip 
uh, because of this that were fantasy relevant, like maybe Shabazz Napier, I mean, Joe Harris potentially. Yeah, Napier Harris will see a ding. I, the real interesting part to me is how it will impact D'Angelo Russell, who's been absolutely stellar with Dinwiddie um, out. Uh, you know, even guys like Lavert, Lavert's been wildly inconsistent since he's returned. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell mix is really what concerns me, though. If you're a Russell owner, um, there are plenty of games where, Din, I mean, Russell's been the better option all season, but Dinwiddie has those games where he just kind of explodes. He'll take over. Right. And those games end up being duds for Russell, typically. So I just, I don't, I don't know how slowly they'll bring Dinwiddie along if he's immediately going to be playing 27, 28 minutes a game. Um, but that, that's the one concern for me. Other than that, I don't, I don't expect much. I mean, Levert will stay what he's been since he returned from injury. I don't expect a return to form from earlier this year when, when Levert was arguably the top fantasy option for yeah. the Nets. I don't expect that. Um, it's just more about how, how much will this impact D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I think that's the case, too. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell saw about three more minutes per game or has seen about three more minutes per game uh, when Spencer Dinwiddie's been out, and that's translated into seven more fantasy points per game. Uh, so he's up to 47 fantasy points with Spencer Dinwiddie out. So, yeah, he'll he'll definitely drop, um, I think, in daily, in year-long, but still a guy who you should probably expect 40 fantasy points per game out of, still a really valuable player. Yeah, I think so too. It's just the difference is he's been he's been pretty damn consi- consistent the past 15 20 games. Consistent all-star production. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, earlier this season, even though he was already posting career best averages, it was inconsistent. You know, he would have that game where he'd go off for 30 and 8 and then the next game would be 12 and 5. Kind of a dud, yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's just where like we might see more duds from D'Angelo Russell moving forward now that Dinwiddie's back. Right. And that's that's definitely a concern. Um on in the Western Conference, we got some there there was concern the injury would be worse than it's turned out to be, but Marvin Bagley has suffered a knee sprain and he's going to be reevaluated in one to two weeks, um, which means he could certainly be out longer than that. But do you think I mean I think what we've seen recently with Bagley coming into form has been decreased minutes for, I mean, essentially, Nemanja Bielitz has been out of the rotation. Um, Giles' role has been reduced a little bit, and Willie Cauley-Stein's role um, has also been reduced. Do you feel like any of those, do you feel like all those guys now come into fantasy relevance is one way stronger than the other one? No, I don't I don't expect Bielitza to really come into play. Um, you know, he's been basically out of the rotation, um, I think he has like one nine minute appearance um, and then a couple of DNPs over the past few games. His role is basically done because of the presence of Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, they've got Bogdanovich right. starting now. Barnes is starting at the four, Cully Stein at the five. Most of Bagley's minutes, when I look at at least, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I watch every single Kings game, but when I look at the breakdown, for minutes over the past, basically since two games before the All-Star break, it seems to me that most of Begley's minutes are actually coming at the five. Um, right. Coley Stein's seen a pretty significant dip in playing time. Um, so with that, it's actually Coley Stein's the guy. Like, yes, Giles will see more run, but Coley Stein's the guy that I think is going to benefit the most. You know, he's going to go, his minutes have dropped, and he's playing around 22 to 25 minutes most nights. 
he, that's going to be bumped up. I expect him to play closer to 30, 32 minutes over the next week or two. Yeah, and the Kings are, I mean, they're really trying to make the playoffs, so they don't have time necessarily to, like, hey, let's throw Harry Giles out there for 28 minutes and, like, see what happens, or let's just toss Bielitsa back in the rotation. They're trying to win games, and Willie Cauley-Stein is the best player out of those guys, so you would expect uh, him to get the bulk of the minutes there. Um, Yeah, another... Yeah, do you? Giles is still worth it. Like if you if you're in a deep enough league, um, you have you have room on your bench to pick up Giles. Definitely do it. Um, I would sure. do, I would do that either way. Like even even if um, even if this Bagley injury didn't happen, mm-hmm. like there's always a chance that the Kings fall out of playoff contention at some point over the final few weeks of the season, and Giles gets significant run. And right. with with Giles, I mean, 22 to 24 minutes is significant run, significant enough that he can have a fancy impact. So like 14-team leagues, I feel like he should already be stashed on your bench anyways. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, another center, uh, DeAndre Jordan. His status for the Knicks' upcoming three-game road trip is unclear. Uh, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Um, and really, <clears throat> since he's been out, it's been the emergence of Mitchell Robinson, which is a guy we'll probably talk about later in our dynasty discussion. But you know, with with DeAndre Jordan missing extended time, and I mean, do you feel like there's a possibility just Mitchell Robinson from here on out? I want to say is going to be just the starting center for the rest of the season, but has carved out enough of a role. Um, I mean, the Knicks are in tanking mode. I mean, do you, what's your confidence level in DeAndre Jordan coming back? And playing those like thirty minutes a night he was getting before. Well, there there's a subplot with DeAndre Jordan in, in that today today's the final day that a player March first that a player can be cut um, and then picked up by another team mm. and play and 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 be on the playoff roster. Um, anyone who's cut after today cannot be added to a playoff roster. Sure. So, you know, most of the reports say that DeAndre Jordan's not going to get bought out. I think there's it's still a possibility, and that you know if that happens today, DeAndre Jordan might go to the Lakers or whoever. I know Lakers have expressed interest, so we'll have to see. But even even if DeAndre Jordan stays with the Knicks, you know he's, he's probably going to miss a little bit of time here. The Knicks are clearly tanking, as we all know. I I can't see them giving up on Mitchell Robinson. Like he's the guy who's probably going to be playing twenty eight to thirty two minutes every game. What's the point? of handing those minutes to DeAndre Jordan. I mean, even if Jordan returns in a week and is the starter, Mitchell Robinson's still going to get minutes. I mean, there's – I I would argue even like eight and ten team leagues, Mitchell Robinson should be owned right now. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when Mitchell Robinson sees over 24 minutes, he averages 11 points, nine rebounds, two and a half blocks, 1.3 steals, 71% field goal percentage. I mean, he's, he's – he is – doing way more than I think people expected for the Knicks. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But it's the elite shot blocking. We've talked about it before. I mean, over he blocks shots every single game, and usually it's multiple shots. Um, you just He's averaging damn close to four blocks per game over his past six, seven games. Not a single start in there either. Like, he, he hasn't been starting. Eventually... Like, even when he's not starting, he's played 30, 33, 28 minutes past three. He's a lock to see those minutes every night as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which is a legit concern. Sure. Like, I mean, he fouled out 
uh, last night against the Cavs, he would have seen more minutes if he weren't in foul trouble last night. He would have topped 30 minutes again. So even though he's not a starter, yeah, he he's he's getting starters minutes off the bench. He's he's a must. He's a must own at this point. I mean, the black, black upside is just unreal. Double digit rebounds. Scoring's going to be hit or miss, but but he's been been steady the past 3, getting about 15 per. Young yeah, is you know, his free throw percentage for the year is only 57, but over the past 3 games it's been 80 on 5 attempts a game. So that's encouraging. Question well whether or not that sticks. But yeah, follow trouble, I think, is the main thing for Robinson. Yeah, and I mean, the free throw is a concern. I wouldn't expect him, you know, it, we'll see. I think the, most of the games that the Knicks play are going to be of so little consequence that teams aren't going to have to re- go to a hack a Mitchell, no. <laughs> hack a Robinson type of scenario. And he's probably only going to end up getting, you know, three to four attempts per game. So it's not going to be a huge drain um, on your fantasy roster. Right. Uh, for the Lakers, Lonzo Ball is expected to be out at least one more week. Um, it's, I mean, I it's hard to remember like when he was even on this team. Uh, it feels like such a long time ago that he was playing minutes for them. Even though it was only, I mean, it was January nineteenth was his last game played. Uh, he suffered that injury against Houston. Do you? I mean, once Ball is back. Do you have, I mean, if someone's dropped him in your league, uh, is he a must pick up for you soon? Or are you kind of, do you feel like there's other options at this point in the season that you have more confidence in? Because, I mean, the Lakers, are, they seem, you know, they're running Brandon Ingram at point guard. They have Rondo still in there making things happen sometimes. I mean, the odds of Lonzo Ball getting 30 minutes a game, I'm not sure it's there right now. I think it is because the I mean the Lakers have been really bad without him. Um, That's overall. True. I mean yes, they're coming off a win and they're coming off a, a Rondo start where he actually played well. But overall, the team's been really bad without Lonzo Ball. He's the team's best perimeter defender. Um, he's he you know the percentages are horrible. That's the only area where you really have to worry. You know whether it's shot attempts, free throw attempts, he does take very low volume of both. So it. You know, weighted the weight of it doesn't drain you too much, and you might be at the point if you're in rotisserie league, you might be at the point of the season where it's not going to impact your overall standing that much in that category. And if you need threes, you need steals, or you 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 need all around production because he's such a good rebounder, picks up five assists per game, he could be worth it. I, I it just depends on your needs. Um, most of us probably have someone on our team who is is easily cuttable for a guy like Rondo. I, I know, like even my expert league team, I have like Colin Sexton on my bench. Right. I maybe started Colin Sexton like once or twice in that league this year because, you know, he has four or five games, whatever. You know, he basically, he has, two, get he hot, has one yeah. or two more games than the other guy, but really all he does is help with scoring. That's it. That one category is the only thing he helps with. And... I have a I'm locked into first place in scoring. So I don't need to start Colin Sexton at all the rest of the year. Whereas in that same league, I need steals really bad. I need rebounds. Those are two areas where ball would give me a huge upgrade. So you have to look at scenarios like that to determine if he's going to be a good fit for your team. Um I like him more in head to head leagues, but I yeah, I do think he's must own. Yeah, Lonzo Ball this season, eight point two rebounds. 2.2 steals there's not and and eight assists i mean there's not or sorry 
that's that's per 100 possessions that's not correct <laughs> i was looking at his defensive rating he has so my, the main point i was going to make is he has the third best defensive rating on the team of players who've played at least a thousand minutes um which just goes to show how good of a defender he is but uh, the real numbers are five rebounds uh and 1.5 steals which are still good numbers um when you combine that with the five assists so yeah i think i think picking him up would generally be a good idea um if yeah you gotta the percentages are an issue but you gotta evaluate that on you know a team by team basis has you know the, he's not there but i was just looking at his percentages 40 40.6 from the floor 41.7 from the line 32.9 from three point and it made me wonder, has there ever been a player, a guard specifically, that has shot less than 100% combined with those three <laughs> categories? Um, he's not there. I mean, even, even Lonzo is up over 110% total, but that, that would be hilarious. Yeah, that, that's the free throw thing. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, he barely gets the line, so it hardly matters, but that in itself is also an issue. One attempt a game? it's odd it doesn't make any sense um and there's no reason like you look at a guy like like trey young didn't he have like 15 free throw attempts the other game that wouldn't surprise uh, me like he, yeah the, the one of his two big games you know he's uh trey young is coming off back-to-back 35 point games which as he's as a rookie he's the first rookie to do it since iverson um he had like 15 free throws yeah, in one of those two games, Trey Young has four games with double digit free throw attempts. Yeah, and Trey Young's like a small dude. Yes, right, and he. But it doesn't matter. He does. It, it obviously ball shies away from contact. Like it's, it's the only explanation. All right, enough Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Let's go on. James Harden monster outing last night. Forty four minutes drops fifty eight points, ten assists, seven rebounds, four steals, a block, in a three point win over the Heat. James freaking Harden, man. There, I, I don't know what to say other than like, it's just been mind blowing that he is, he's by far having the best season of his career. Um, you know, I never would have expected this after the past two years. He he's just great, and if you own him in fantasy, I mean, you there are, there's a good chance he dropped to three, four, five in your draft this year because everyone wanted to go after other sexier names. Carl Towns went really high in a lot of drafts, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's making that payoff now, but earlier in the year, that looked like a, a horrible decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Hargan, this is a big bounce-back game for Hargan. He'd been dealing with a kind of a neck strain, and in the three previous games uh before thursday it was only shooting 38 percent from the field and nine percent from three-point land he regressed the mean in a huge way yesterday um he hit all 18 of his free throws he also took 18 three-point attempts and hit eight of them this is just a i mean this is the this is the classic harding game um 32 field goal attempts overall and he's going to keep this mvp discussion really interesting he the thing is i mean with how good the bucks bucks have played and there's historical precedent here where you know guys who guys who go out and put up lines like like harden but they're on you know a lesser team um versus Giannis on the top team in the league by by a pretty good margin they're the top team in the league you know that that player on the top team in the league when takes home the MVP. Um, that's the norm, at least historically. So we'll see. We need we need more fifty eight point outings. One other thing I want to stress about Harden, 
what he's doing, his percentages across the board, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, everything's like identical to last year. Yeah. So I've even noticed. though even though the volume has increased, he's doing it at the exact same efficiency as he did last year. So I I don't know. I just I get a lot of I see a lot of hate for James Harden. I don't get it. Um I still think if he takes this Rockets team to 50 wins, um which is possible, they are 37 and 25, so what? They have to go 13 and 7 um to get there. That's that's feasible. That's probably about where the they'll end up. If they, he takes this team to 50 wins and he averages 36 points per game, only the third player in the history of the NBA to average 36 points per game. To me, he's the MVP. Um, it also, I guess, it depends on how Giannis finishes out. Right. I. I mean, I. To. I. I don't care. I want Giannis <laughs> to win. I'm. I'm. I. I like Giannis. I enjoy. I think. But it's hard. I think Harden's. Just the fact that he won MVP last year, the fact that he should have won the year before, the fact that he's like years better this year just makes it a no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah, over the past three years, basically his scoring has gone up, his assists have gone down. But like if you if you take the past three years collectively, he's averaging 31.6 points, 9.4 rebounds, 1.8 steals, um shooting 44 percent from the field 36 percent from three and it's just the, this three i mean really this three-year stretch is insane um for a player definitely mvp three straight years of mvp caliber production um but we do <clears throat> excuse me we do have great news if you're looking to get into daily fantasy sports we have joined up with fanduel to bring you free six-month memberships to rotowire it's as easy as going to fanduel.com slash rotowire dash sub signing up for a new account and making a ten dollar deposit that will be your ticket to get over fifty dollars in value from the rotowire website that's right you'll get six month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com which includes baseball Um, obviously a great time of year to start preparing for that Uh, you'll get dfs lineup optimizers weekly rankings premium articles full season draft software and much more all for ten dollars on the RotoWire website, and then you can use that $10, which will be on FanDuel, to enter that into contests, potentially win more money. We are really excited to bring you this deal. If you want access right away, go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire dash sub and follow the instructions. You can also just uh, Google RotoWire FanDuel subscription, and that should be the top result. Perfect. Um, it Only new FanDuel users are eligible. So if you already have an account, you know, I apologize, but but this isn't for you. <laughs> um, our broad topic today, we're going to talk about mostly dynasty uh, and rookies uh, as as the main topic there. So we talked a little bit before um, about Mitchell Robinson. So I guess we can kick things off there. Do you? I mean, <clears throat> do you think the ceiling for? I mean, do you think he'll be a true? NBA starter in the near future and if not does that matter I mean do you think he only needs 20 20 to 25 minutes a night to be a a fantasy relevant player yeah it's it's entirely feasible with the type of production that he gets for blocks that he could lead the league in the category on 24 minutes per game yeah so I mean for for me that means he's fantasy relevant right off the bat um in New York, 
you know, New York has some some high aspirations this off season. They're going to try to lure in some 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 high big ticket free agents. So we have to see who they bring in. You know, it's it, it's possible they bring in someone like DeMarcus Cousins. Right. And if they did, that would obviously impact Mitchell Robinson's long-term value. Uh, but today, you know, as things stand today, if New York doesn't bring in a big man and Mitchell Robinson is locked in as the starting center for the next year, next year I mean, that's that his his value is going to be crazy. Um, you know, it's in our our keeper league rankings on RotoWire, looking at center eligible players. You know, we've got guy, we've got a guy like Jaron Jackson ranked thirtieth overall, and about I think he's tenth on the list of center eligible players. So Jaron Jackson's valued that high because elite defensive stats, um, and also he hits threes, which is great. But I mean where would Mitchell Robinson be? Is he, uh, to me, he's probably going to be right up in that same range. He's going to be probably a top 40, top 50 player overall, um, top 12 center based on keeper league value. Just like, if we know he's, he's the starting center for the, for the next, next year. Right. And one category dominance can go a long way. Um, you know, when Mitchell Robinson sees over 30 minutes, he averages four blocks a game. That's a condition of 15 points, 13 rebounds, and he shoots 73% from the field in those scenarios. And like, so you're getting dominant field goal and dominant blocks. All right. Um, so here, here's the scenario. Since let's try to make it easier for people to understand Mitchell Robinson's value. Sure. This is the assumption that he's the starting Knicks center going into next season. If you're in a keeper league, right? Who would you rather have, Clint Capella or Mitchell Robinson? keeper league i mean obviously prices factor in i mean if you if you really i think if it just depends on whether or not if if you're competing for a title i think you need capella on your team but if you're in any other scenario if you're mid-tier if you're tanking i think mitchell robinson's probably going to be your best bang for the buck and a guy you could theoretically move you know for other pieces i think he has way higher trade value than capella who would probably be more expensive Yes. Um, just based on how keeper leagues work. So Robinson's definitely the more valuable player um, in that scenario. It's pretty crazy because even a few weeks ago, I mean, this would not have been part of the conversation, but, you know, like our like our center, our center eligible players, we have Aiton is six, Capella's seven, Gobert's eight for as far as uh, keeper league rankings for the position. Um Capella's really young still, 24. Uh, Gobert's yeah. only 26. It's not like these guys are going to be around for a while still. Um, but it's just intriguing because I think that's the conversation you have with Mitchell Robinson already if we know he's the key, if we know he's the starting center for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, and Dynasty can be a little convoluted. you got to make sure to keep you know contracts in mind and everything like sure. that and your place in the standings. But I think, yeah, like you said, that just goes to show how, how well he's been playing. Um, you know, something that kind of got brought up, uh, we, we have a roundtable article that, that comes out on the RotoWire website, usually on Thursdays, um, by our editor, Nick Whalen. He kind of proposed, or he asked who was more surprising um, as a rookie in their recent play, Trey Young or Marvin Bagley. Um, I said Bagley, and I believe you also said Bagley, because I did. Yes. Um, you're very high on Trey Young. <clears throat> Do you think... 
I mean, recently, I Marvin Bagley has looked more impressive to me than DeAndre Ayton lately. Yes. Um, do you think there's any chance? I mean, what are, what do you think the odds are that Bagley turns out to be a better dynasty player, just a better fantasy player overall than Ayton? I think there's a very good chance. Um, Ayton's Ayton's great. Ayton's, there's nothing wrong with him. He like I almost feel like he's undervalued at this stage. Like he's still putting up great stats for a rookie. Sixteen and ten on the you, year. You have Luca. You have Trey. Um, you have all the you know Bagley. All these guys who are putting up great stats as rookies. So you know everyone, and then everyone looks at the Suns, and the Suns are garbage. And Aiton, you know, Aiton was picked number one overall above all these guys. So they kind of think maybe he's a disappointment. He he's not a disappointment. He's been great. Um, you know, six a walking double double. He's blocking more shots than I think any anyone would have thought he would be at this stage. Um, his percentages are good. I mean, fifty like what fifty percent, seven percent from the floor yep. is amazing. Seventy five percent from the line is is solid for a center. Um, that'll go up. Um, he could eventually hit three pointers. Uh, you know, I think there's a chance of that. He's not doing it this year. Um, oh, but, four on the year. Yeah, but I do think he will take. I mean, it's just. That's the way it is with big men. Anthony Davis, Cat, those guys didn't take a lot of threes their, their rookie season either. Like eventually, I think Aiton will take threes. So there's tons of upside here. But Bagley looks electric when you watch him play. Um, yes. You know, there's the eyeball test tells me Bagley. And then I also look at just how productive Bagley's been with defense, um, much more so than I expected at this stage. Um, his three-point shot is coming together quicker. He's actually out there taking threes right now. He's not great at it, but but looks better than I thought it would at this stage of his career. Um, free throw percentage, same thing, better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I, it's, it's basically, I think it's whoever stays healthier. Um, and team role's always going to be a thing because there are scenarios where, like, Henry Giles just explodes or whatever. And Bagley just becomes this, this great six man for the, for his entire career. I don't know. I, I, but my, based on my eyeball test right now, I am more excited about Bagley long-term. Yeah. Bagley to me seems like a more dynamic player. Like I, you know, kind of preparing for the round table. I, I made sure to watch some Bagley highlights. And when I, when he first came out of the draft, I was worried he'd be too much of just like a post-up player. He wouldn't, he'd be getting all of his buckets just kind of in the paint and the half court. But like, I mean, his, his offensive rebounding lately has been crazy. Um, his shot looks really good. Just like aesthetically, it's a clean shot from three. He's a hustle player. I saw him grab a rebound and go coast to coast. And it looked as smooth as any small forward um, in the league. I mean, it was it was pretty much as smooth as when you see Giannis grab a rebound and go. And that's, I mean, that's scary. I mean, that's something that just DeAndre Ayton can't do. Um, and I think DeAndre Ayton can be really good at what he does, getting basically 20 and 10. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think in the long run, Bagley might end up having more diverse statistics. Might hit a three or two per game. Um, I assume his free throw percentage will go up, but... I'm looking at their per 36 minute numbers right now, and that obviously doesn't account for Bagley playing, um, you know, the the last like 30 games. It's the whole year, but <clears throat> the points per game are essentially equal. DeAndre Ayton's only got Bagley by about two rebounds, like half an assist. Bagley's got you know about a half more block. 
Um, Aiden's field goal percentage is higher, but uh, Bagley's took more threes, so that drags it down. Like it's very close right now. I think on a per thirty-six minute basis, and chances are, if you're in a dynasty league, someone, someone probably paid for DeAndre Ayton's production like today, like, like paid for him as if he was four is sixteen and ten, not his not his future potential. Yes, um, and I think Bagley was probably bid on on his potential, and so. <clears throat> Value wise, value wise, I mean it's probably Bagley right now. But it's- I mean the the stat the one year uh, key, the one year expert league we're in. I have Bagley. Um, I got him really really cheap. Like I mean yes. he was he. I got him as a bench player. I didn't get him as a starter. I got him really low in the draft. Um, and you know at this point, you know before the injury, things were looking really up. It was like, almost like I traded for a significant piece right. because I was able to activate him. In our staff keeper league that we're in together, um, I know Aiton went for like thirty plus dollars, which a hundred and sixty dollar cap, it's 30, a lot. Thirty plus dollars is a lot. In that same auction, Begley went for four dollars. <laughs> right. Like if if you're the if you're the Aiton owner, or if you're the Begley owner and the Aiton owner came to you and said, "Here's Aiton thirty dollars for your four dollar Begley," you never you tell him to go to hell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's that's why it's always it's always good to you know even if some even if their general perception of a of a rookie is that he might be a bust, just like throwing even a, a small bit in like that and just hoping because like worst case scenario you just dump him the next year, um, that can be really valuable. All right, so the twenty eighteen. Let's just look at the twenty eighteen draft class as a whole um, because there's a ridiculous number of guys. Who seem to, you know, seem like they're going to have long-term fantasy value. All right, so we've got Luca, mm-hmm. got Aiden, Trey Young, Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., Carter Jr. No one talks about anymore because he's been out for so long, right? Um, but he looked great before getting injured. Uh, so those are kind of to me. We'll put we'll put Mitchell Robinson in right behind those yeah. guys. Yeah. So right there, you have seven guys who I am pretty confident in saying like will have long-term top 50 fantasy value. Yeah. They're all really good. Then even beyond that, we have SGA, we have Sexton, which for his, for all his faults, like Sexton's still been really solid for a rookie. Um, you know, he's had plenty of 20 point games, um, looks pretty good last night. He doesn't do much outside of scoring at this stage of his career, but like I'm still highly encouraged about his long-term outlook. Um, guy like like Knox in New York is another one who who's shown good flashes. So, you know, you've got a top six, top seven that is stellar. Talking like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh level draft. Like we have that, and then you have another four or five guys who all should be perennial top 100 fantasy players. Yeah, a lot of. Yeah, also a lot of great role players coming out of this draft. Like you mentioned, I mean, you have Mikel Bridges uh, playing yeah. really well. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about either of the Bridges. No. And both of them, that, that's the thing. I mean, both of those guys, I still am very high on their long-term outlook. Yeah, same here. Um, Mobamba. Mobamba, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Herter, um, three-point bomber. Um, yeah, I mean, jo- Josh Akoji, just like guys like that just playing like big minutes uh, for teams trying to make the playoffs. Um, you know, Landry Shamit 
has been between like Philly and and you know the Clippers, but he's also shown upside. Like <clears throat> Kuroks deserves an honorable mention. It's just yeah, this class is um, really impressive, and I, I really think that we're gonna look at we'll look at this class in like four years and basically like the top the top 20 fantasy players you know you'll have like six or seven dudes from this class and the top the top 80 you'll have like 12 dudes from this class right which is just that's insane to me yeah um i think i think that i mean do you do you have any other guys you specifically want to touch on for dynasty rookie or not is there anything so i mean we've talked about how great like bagley looked so let's let's put bagley in context to some of these other guys so Aiton bagley assuming same value like whether it's a auction with a dollar value um or it cost you whatever round you selected them Aiton bagley triple j or wendell carter how do you rank those four um, I think I next, think next three to four years outlook. Right, I think I'm still gonna put eight number one for now, but it's really close between him and I think Bagley. Um, just because of I think what just what I've seen from Bagley, I'm I'm also assuming that he's gonna be the starting center for the Kings next year. Yes, that's part of it because if he's not the starting center, this list changes and i go jaron jackson like without a doubt at number two if yeah if bagley's a starting center just from what i've seen from him um it's hard not to put him at number two even though i'm a, i love jaron jackson jr coming out of the draft um i think he would be three and then i'd have wendell carter four as of right now and mitch robinson goes right below those those four or does he squeeze in somewhere i think I think I have to, yeah. I think I have to go Mitchell Robinson after Wendell Carter, partially because I'm, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Wendell Carter. Yeah, he may it may it may take him five years to develop into like what we hope he can be. Which so if we're talking next three years, maybe Robinson has a bigger ascent. But Wendell Carter's skill set is really good. People he, compare him to Al Horford he is a lot. The, he is the next Al Horford. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I feel too. I think there's a lot of people who will put. Uh, Jaron Jackson first out of those. We'll, we'll count Robinson out of those five. We'll put yeah. Jaron Jackson first. Um, I think all Knicks fans will put Mitchell Robinson <laughs> first. Um, I think Mitchell Robinson has, from a fantasy perspective, as high of, of, of an upside as any of those guys, um, mainly because he could average as many blocks per game as the next two league leaders in the category average combined. Right. <laughs> um, but I would, I, I, I'm with you. I would go Aiden Bagley, uh, Jaron Jackson, Carter, Mitchell, Robinson, um, Trey Young and Luca. Nothing's changed there. Like it's still Luca. Luca's the number one guy, no matter yeah. what. Is Trey Young the number two guy though? Uh, overall, yes. Um. The answer is yes. Yeah, I think he is. The answer is yes. Yeah, I was trying to think of a way, you know, someone else, but everything about Trey Young. So, you know, we mentioned the I mentioned the Iverson thing earlier. Uh, back-to-back games, thirty-five or more points, first rookie to do it since Iverson. 
Um, there's probably a stat out there that shows he's the only guy under only rookie under six, six, uh, aside from Iverson to do that ever. Um, his, he had a game earlier this season where he had like over 30, 10 and like seven, three pointers. And he was like one of three or four players ever to do that. Um, you know, I, I believe Trey young is going, his, his rookie season is he's having a better rookie season than Steph Curry. He's having a better, better rookie season than Steve Nash. Like Trey Young is legit. Haters are gonna hate, but they're wrong. Like he is legit, and the fact that he's improved his shooting percentage so much, the fact that his skill set has improved, he's better. He's better at attacking the rim. He's as good of a passer as he showed in college, which was again that that was something that was downplayed because everyone wanted to focus on the three point shooting and the scoring. But he led the he led the nation in assists. Um, and he tried the thing that he worked on going into the season was he wanted to try to be more Steve Nash than Steph Curry. So he worked on his passing a lot. Um, I do think that Trey young is the clear cut number two guy behind Luca for this draft class. I also think he's closer to Luca than most people would acknowledge. Um, you look at, I mean, you, I'm not going to make that argument. I've tried digging in the stats to, to make the <laughs> argument. There is no argument to be made. But he is closer, especially, I mean, if you look at the progression throughout the year, Trey Young today is is closer to Luka than most people will acknowledge. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Young's numbers over the past 15 games, 24 points on 45% shooting overall, 43% from three on seven attempts a game uh 84% from the free throw line on six and a half attempts a game and then like you alluded to nine assists on only 3.3 turnovers and that's like a basically a three assist to turnover ratio which is the threshold of like great passer right great point guard average is like two to one right or essentially slightly two-ish yeah two 2.5 yeah no I he, he to me like he's turned that corner and there's there's nothing to be worried about now. Now, hopefully, you're unlike me. Hopefully, you traded for him when he was at his lowest point. <laughs> yes, um, because he drained my field goal percentage so hard in, in numerous leagues this year that I haven't been able to dig out of that hole. But he's been great. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to our Fanduel picks for Friday. All right, man. So we know we know Bagley's out. Mm-hmm. My initial gut reaction when I opened up my I opened up FanDuel, I'm like, I'm gonna go put Giles in my lineup. Only find out Giles forty eight hundred on FanDuel. To me, that's too expensive. Would you, are you are you still going with Giles at forty eight hundred? I don't think I am. I just that is a lot. I mean, you're so basically at forty eight hundred, you want about twenty four ish fantasy points out of him, and that's I mean, Giles is good. He's shown upside. But at the same time, like the he's only put up twenty four fantasy points seven to, at least twenty four fantasy points seven times this season. I mean, he's got a forty four point six Fanduel game under his belt. That's really impressive. Was also in a complete blowout um, where he was getting garbage minutes against you know like Ekpeudo. But you know, I just I think I don't think it's a price that I feel like I have to pay, and I feel like so many people will go there that it makes me hesitant because I think his ownership rate will be so high. And I think the chance of him exceeding value to the point where you have to have him is not, it's not there for me. 
Yeah, no, I and I'm with you. And I actually think the guy is Kelly Stein. You know, I mentioned him earlier. He he's the one who's been most impacted by uh, by Bagley's um, ascent. He's fifty five hundred. Fifty five hundred. So you can get Giles for forty eight or Kelly Stein for fifty. So you look at the the four four games before Bagley got injured. Cully Stein played 21, 27, 29, and 12 minutes. And then the game when Bagley left in the first half, he played 32 minutes. That was the first time he's played 30 or more minutes since February 2nd. Uh, yeah, February 2nd. I think it's a lock that Cully Stein plays like 32 minutes tonight with Bagley out. The Kings have, have pretty much, if you look at their their rotation, their starting lineup, Ever since they traded for Barnes, um, about two games before the All Star break, it's kind of taken shape. Where you have, you have Bogdanovich, you have Barnes, you have Fox and Heald. Those guys are locked in to heavy run, and yeah. then Bagley and Cully Stein were kind of splitting minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you have Giles taking some of those front court minutes as well. So we'll see a boost. Like Bagley's out, but those Cully Stein being the fifth member behind Barnes, Bogdanovich. Healed and Fox, those five are going to see crazy run tonight. Um, they have the past couple games. Uh, so I like any of them, really. I mean, Barnes is 5,600 on FanDuel. Bogdanovich is 64. Bogdanovich is coming off a monster 58-point uh, fantasy outing. Uh, played 43 minutes. Uh, Kelly Stein, 5,500. Fox is at eight grand. I... I have three kings in my lineup for tonight. Not one of them is Giles. I don't think Bielitsa really. I think Bielitsa will return to the rotation tonight, but I don't think he's going to see significant run. Um, but any of those five starters for the Kings, I think they're a legit option. Yeah, I think so too. And I guess a few important things to know about Kali Stein. When he sees between 30 and 35 minutes, he averages 36 fantasy points, which is yeah. great value at 5,500. The Kings also have the second highest expected point total on the day that's a over under with a 238 and a half against the clippers uh and i think the clippers are top three in having their shots blocked per game kind of a random stat but i was researching it for something else so collie stein's got block upside there um i think yeah he's in my opinion he's definitely the way to go over giles uh, i think the chances of collie stein hanging value are are higher other than that, um, there's not a ton of injuries on this slate, so you you kind of have to you have to play it relatively straight. Um, one guy who kind of stands out to me, at least you know, just from a workload perspective, is Kemba Walker. He's going up against Brooklyn um, with a 227 over under. You can get him for 9300 uh, and over his past. I mean, the, you know, he has his up and down games, but over the past about it's about ten games. Averaging 47 fantasy points um, per game. It's a pretty... You're, I mean, I think a six-game slate... This is six games, right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty light slate for a Friday. Uh, seven games. Seven games. There are certain guys who I feel like people's eyes just gloss over and they just don't get enough run as they should. I think Kemba Walker could be one of those guys tonight. I think just... You look at the other point guard options... And you have Kyrie against Washington. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on that. Yeah. Um, you know, people love to play Damian Lillard. You have Trey Young against Chicago. People are going to smash that. Yep. Um, Darren Fox is, 
I assume you have him in your lineup. I don't. Oh, I don't. he's not one of the guys. No, he's not one of the kings. I'm with you. I think I think Kemba's a great play tonight. Yeah, and you know I think it's a lot of people try to look for the lower ownership guys who are you know sub like five thousand. But if you can get an all star caliber player in your price or in your lineup that's low owned, that can also be a a way to run a lineup. Absolutely. Um, there are so aside from that Sacramento. Clippers game. I also there are two other games I'm really going to pound. Uh, Atlanta, Chicago. You mentioned, yeah. uh, and then New Orleans at Phoenix. Um, in particular, with New Orleans, um, Alfred Payton at sixty four hundred. He is coming off three straight 30, 34 plus fantasy point games. Um, he's played thirty or more minutes in each of those three games. Uh, basically, he's back. He's getting those minutes now. First first few games, um, he came back from injury. There was some inc- inconsistency, but but he's back now. And at sixty four hundred, like he's basically he's basically his his floor because he gives you all around production. His floor is like twenty five points, but he's also the guy who can go out and get forty five or post a you know a low low scoring triple double. We have like twelve, ten, and ten with a couple steals. Um, I think at 6,400, he's a great play. Uh, Trey Young, as you mentioned, it's hard to argue with the results. The dude has topped 38 or more fantasy points each of the past eight or sorry, seven games. Um, he's got two 50 point outings in those routinely in the 40 point range. I mean, it's been going on for, for longer than just those seven games. You go back all the way, all the way to mid January and he's basically been averaging about 40 fantasy points per game. Um, it goes up. Ever since Jeremy Lynn left town, it just goes up. 40 minutes, 43 minutes the past two games. Playing time's gone up. Assists have gone up. Turnovers have gone down. Like, just everything with Trey Young is trending in the right direction. Kind of expensive at 8800 so I wouldn't fault you uh, for going elsewhere. Uh, Zach Levine is on a roll right now. He's at 8,300. He has, uh, over the past three games, he's got a 50-point and a 45-point outing. I expect a pretty high total with this Chicago-Atlanta game. Um, John Collins, same thing. John Collins has a 50-point fantasy outing against the Bulls already this season. He's at 7,700, so pretty good price for him, actually, because he's been kind of inconsistent. Um Torian Prince, speaking of inconsistent, right. <laughs> um, Torian Prince is at 4,800. He is actually the cheap guy I'm going with tonight. Tons of risk. I actually expect him to be my zero on FanDuel. Fair enough. Um, but just the fact that, you know, I mean, we just saw it a couple games ago. He went out and put up 43 fantasy points. That's still there, especially if his three-point shot's falling. Um, I expect a high-scoring game with the Bulls. He's he's back in the starting lineup, so so he's an interesting flyer. I I don't I wouldn't recommend anyone use him unless you're ex, unless you expect him to be your zero. Right. Um, yeah. There's some and there's a lot of high total games today. I mean, we have no game is under two twenty seven over under. We have four games above two thirty. Um, I think that puts Giannis in play against the Lakers. Two thirty eight over under. He's eleven thousand. Um, you know, he's coming off a game where he, after the game, it came out that he was on a minutes restriction, um, because of his knee honestly doesn't even concern me that much. Um, 
he's he's consistently in that 55 to like 70 range um and i think i think he actually i think he cares about showing up lebron i have no inside information but i think he cares about that i think he'll be motivated um it's in la so i think it'll be a highly charged game um and then yeah you you have guys like two two centers that interest me are Dwayne Dedman um and Robin Lopez who are going up against each other Robin Lopez specifically 4900 and you know <laughs> coach Jim Boiling is just committed to playing him because Cristiano Felicio is so bad um that they're just playing Robin Lopez now who is suddenly like cool with being on the Bulls even though he like almost demanding to be bought out earlier in the year um over the past six games, Robin Lopez is averaging 30 fantasy points, and you can get him for, for 4,900. I think that's a that's a good call. Um, I think that's... There's one guy we need to discuss. Sure. Um, so Anthony Davis. Ah, yeah. He's down to 7,600 now. Yes. You know, even though he's probably only going to play 20 minutes, I did take a long, hard look at him today. That price... That price point, like, I mean, look at the past two games. He's played 20 minutes in each. He's got 42 and 31 fantasy points. If you get 35, 40 points from a guy at 7,600, you're not upset about it. You're not upset. Now, I was not able to pull the trigger. I'm actually going to look back a little bit further. You know, even there's a game against Minnesota back on – February 8th, where he played 24 minutes and had 53 fantasy points. So, like, he is a guy. Like, you know, in 20 minutes, it's going to be tough. But if it, for whatever reason, if it were to creep up and he played 24, 25 minutes, which I don't think is, is going to happen, like, then he actually, you could be looking at a 50-point outing from him. Is I, it, is... I think right now at this price, I think he's almost just a cash game guy. Because okay. I feel pretty confident about him getting like thirty, yeah, fantasy points. But at seventy six hundred, you want like thirty eight ish fantasy points out of him on a GPP, and like I just don't know if, if what's his upside even beyond that. Like I don't know what's his upside beyond forty fantasy points. Right. That's my only concern. But I don't think you'll have. I mean, I don't think you'll have that high ownership. So you know, it's it's always a possibility. Phoenix plays at like a fast pace. Um. And they're not very good, so he could rack up like five blocks. I mean, it's it's a possibility. I just his price it's, isn't low enough for me in GPPs. It's getting close to. It's getting close. Though. There are other yeah. sites where he's lower than that, and it's like almost a no brainer, almost right. to play him, even though he's only going to play twenty minutes. Um, so I it's it's just it's getting interesting. I like I said, I couldn't do it at seventy six hundred. I like the. I like the upside of John Collins tonight, who's at the you know seventy seven hundred, um, but he's it's getting close. It's getting close. I actually like him more than like Siakam tonight, who's at seventy five hundred, um, just because Siakam had a really really bad game against Portland earlier this year. Um, you know, Siakam, you could argue is a different player now than than he was uh, when he faced Portland earlier in the season, which that would be totally legit, but. I just, I don't think we're going to see very many sixty-point fantasy outings from Siakam. I know he's got, he's got basically three in the past couple months. Um, I would be surprised if we see any more for this season. But yeah, I don't know. Davis is getting there. If he gets down to like sixty-eight hundred, 
I'm going to have a hard... I mean, it, it's similar to, like, Kevin Love the past couple games. Yeah. Um, you know, you we basically knew he wasn't going to go out there and play 30-plus minutes. You know, he's probably going to play, like, 22 to 28 is what he's been around. But he was still a seven seven $7,000 player. Then he got up to about 7800 I think, for his, his most recent game. Dropped twenty six and eight last night with three assists against yeah. the Knicks in twenty eight minutes. And like, I'm pretty sure he's seventy eight hundred last yeah. night. Eleven of eleven from the free throw line. He's been really aggressive there. He's he's playing really well. There's just the big difference is you know if it's only twenty minutes for Anthony Davis, it's hard to do that in twenty minutes. If it's twenty eight minutes, that's that's, that's different. a big difference. It's a big difference. That's different. Um, yeah, and the the power forward pool today on FanDuel is just loaded. You have Markinen, Randall, Collins, Davis, Siakam, Kuzma, Harrell, Portis is in there, Tatum, always an option. So I think no matter what way you go, you're not going to get – I don't think there's one guy that's going to have crazy ownership or anything like that. Um, but I think unless you got anybody else, that, that probably does it for us. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel. Ken is not here to take us out, so we're going to do just a no, just a hard out. No old man rant. No old man rant. I have a I have a quote that I got from a random comment board okay. um, that was in reference to why do athletes always um, praise Lord praise praise God sure. when they have significant things happen? Um, and the comment was, "If I could dunk, I'd thank the Lord too." <laughs>